Welcome into the Legend Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Rusty Ellis. Today, joined by former Livingston Academy basketball legend, Matthew Sells. Matthew, I appreciate you being here today, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. So let's, let's, first of all, I have to ask, and I ask every one of our guests this, do you consider yourself to be a legend of the Upper Cumberland? Even though I know you've only been out of it for about, for a little under a year now, uh, do you consider yourself that? Um, that's really a hard question, but I, <laughs> I don't, I guess so. I guess I would <laughs> now that I'm out of it. When I was in it, I wouldn't have considered myself, a, mm. I guess, a legend, but uh, I guess I would kind of have to now. I'm guessing you probably at no point along the way did you you probably never envisioned anybody calling you that, right? You probably never thought about that, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about how you first got into basketball. What's kind of your first memory of the game of basketball? Um, honestly, I've been playing before I could even remember. So I'd, I'd say my first memory was playing uh, a Bantam game at Rickman Elementary. I, I I think it was against Wilson Elementary. Mm-hmm. And I got into the game. I think I was like a second grader at the time, which second graders weren't even supposed to be playing. But <laughs> my dad was a coach, so he let me in the game. So um, I got in the game. It was – we were on defense. We were in a 2-3 zone. I ended up – they threw it into the high post. Uh, I got a steal. And then uh, I ended up uh, getting in transition and getting a, a wide-open layup, but I missed it. So, <laughs> really, that's really my first memory of basketball. But, yeah. You remember your first bucket? Uh, I, I don't – I know I, <laughs> the first shot that I made was at Rigman Elementary. It was – I was working out with my sisters and my dad. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think four. Okay. And, yeah, that was my first made shot. So how important was bas- is basketball to your family? Because obviously you've had sisters that have played. Uh, you mentioned your dad is a coach. I know that your mom loved, loved the, loves the Livingston program. Talk about how important basketball is to your family. Yeah, I mean, it really does mean everything. Like, it's honestly, like, our identity as a family is just basketball. Like, everybody everybody played basketball. Everybody just loves the game of basketball. We were always in the gym, you know, every day pretty much. Me, both of my sisters, even my, my youngest sister, uh, she's older than me, but <laughs> young, she, uh, she played up until eighth grade. She could have kept playing, but she didn't really enjoy it that much, but uh, – like it's really our identity and that's all we we like to do we spent all of our summers playing basketball traveling so mm-hmm. it's really it's really all we like to do why why do you think basketball is what stuck with your family because especially in the south i feel like a lot of people gravitate immediately to football mm-hmm. uh, why why basketball do you think um i think honestly because my my youngest or my other three siblings they're all girls so mm-hmm. they couldn't play football so I think that's really what uh, just kept us in the game of basketball. And my dad was just an, like insanely obsessed with basketball. So we just always just followed his lead and he would put us through workouts. And I guess his love for the game just translated to all of his kids. So so I've asked this question to a couple people that are to a couple athletes that have been in this scenario and a couple coaches that have been in this scenario. Uh, having a parent as a coach, uh, what was your experience like with that? Yeah, it was it was definitely hard for the first few years of it because, you know, like going home, it would still kind of feel like he was your coach. And then when he was coaching you, it would feel like he's your your dad. But uh, it was definitely hard trying to separate that. But uh, it was it was a great I mean, towards the end of it, he only coached me up until eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, 
he just let me be myself after high school so, or going into high school. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good experience. I think it really helped me like shape shape me into like a tough player going into high school, which you kind of need to be. So, did you see that as kind of maybe an advantage that you know you had a parent that you could talk the game with in depth, who knew a lot about the game, and you guys could kind of just bounce ideas off each other? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, even even like when we're training, like. I'm asking him questions. He's asking me questions. It's really just a, a great mutual relationship to have somebody that's, you know, as into the game of basketball as you are, even as a parent, because it's it's 24-7 basketball at our house. So, so speaking of basketball, you know, being 24-7, that's one thing I've noticed how basketball has changed throughout the years is that it's gone from being this sport where you're primarily just playing in the winter or, you know, in the NBA's case, you know, from the fall to early spring – to where it's more of a year-round game, you know, when you know, when you're not in season for your school, you're in season for travel, for AAU, for you know, you, you have to be in the gym pretty much 24-7 to get to where you want to go. Uh when when did basketball begin to take over your life a little bit to where you were doing that just 24-7? Yeah, uh it would probably be around probably about fifth grade is really when I started, you know, getting into the gym every day, like hour and a half, two hours every day, getting up, a, you know, X amount of shots every day. But once I, once I got outside of, you know, Overton County or the upper Cumberland and saw like the other talent that was out there that really like pushed me mm-hmm. to work harder and, you know, try and be a better basketball player. Cause I knew there was other people outside of my area that were working hard to get to where I wanted to be. So was there a moment and I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll probably tell me, you'll, you'll probably tell me it was some point in high school, I'm sure. But was there, do you, do you, do you have a specific moment where you realized that you were pretty freaking good at basketball and that this could potentially take you somewhere? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd always wanted to play college basketball, but um, I think it would have been, I think it was probably my eighth grade, eighth grade year. We uh, won like the, it was like an invitational state championship tournament. We ended up winning that and we played against uh, a Nashville private school. I think it was uh, Lipscomb, Lipscomb Academy, maybe. Might've been Lipscomb Academy. Yeah. Yeah. We ended up winning that. And I think I had like, I don't even remember. It was, it was high thirties in that game. Hmm. And then that was really, cause in, in my head, it was always, okay, well, I'm just, I'm just doing this good because you know, the competition isn't as, Mm-hmm. as much as it is in like other cities but once I got to play against that type of competition I knew I could eventually go somewhere with it so you're what about six four right now six four six five how tall are you um about six three I'll say six, six three. three wow you feel so much taller than that whenever <laughs> I've seen you in person yeah. uh in eighth grade about how tall were you at that point did you hit a growth spurt or have you always just kind of been a little bit taller um in eighth grade I would say I was probably about six foot and okay. I gradually just gained about two to three inches of height. And then I just stopped growing after like my sophomore, mm-hmm. sophomore year. Gotcha. So for you, what was the transition like from middle school to high school? Because a lot of people talk about, you know, that's where you first – that's your first example of like seeing the speed of the game increase and that you have to think about the game a little bit more cerebrally. You have to really think about what you're doing a little bit more. Uh, what was that transition like for you? Yeah, it was – it was really hard the first probably first couple of months because, you know, you know, Jimmy Miller, my high school coach, like mm-hmm. he pushes you to play your hardest like every second of the game. So that was really like 
the main thing that he pushed was just staying locked in every second of the game. And in middle school, like you could, you could like lose focus and still be the best player on the court at all times. So in high school, I really, uh, the first couple of months was really a rough transition, but I feel like I got the hang of it, you know? Uh, and as far as like the speed of the game, we had uh, a couple really good uh, seniors and juniors, mm -hmm. even a couple sophomores that year, my freshman year that really pushed me in practice and really got me to the level of uh, being prepared for a game situation, so. So talk about some of those older teammates that you had. Did you have any seniors that specifically, you know, kind of took you under their wing a little bit, kind of helped you along and, and pushed you to get to where you get? Who, who specifically sticks out to you there? Yeah, uh, definitely Blake Qualls. Blake Qualls really pushed me. He really helped me with, like, the cerebral part of the game, you know, like picking apart defenses and, you know, like stuff like that. And then um, I would say Wade Neely. He definitely taught me about a toughness and stuff like that and just – he was an undersized post, but like would re out rebound every player, like every game, even though they were a lot taller than him. And then uh, I would say Cody Ray. He was, um, I think he was a junior when I was a freshman. Mm -hmm. But uh, he really, he was the one that would, would guard me in practice every day. And he would just push me until like, I mean, some days I wouldn't even score. Like he would, he really like uh, made me a lot better, I feel like. So playing at Livingston, one thing that everybody always remembers from that time period is that you guys also played in one of the toughest districts mm -hmm. in the state of Tennessee in 8AA. You know, that there's no easy outs every night. You're having to play your best. Talk about competing against some of the other athletes in that district, especially as you got older into your junior and senior year, about how tough that district actually was and how you really couldn't take a night off. Yeah, especially when you got into, like, the later season because it would always be like, like Upperman would have like one one loss in the regular mm -hmm. season they shouldn't have had, but it would always be like a tough like one through or probably two through like four or five that was just mm -hmm. so close that you couldn't have like you couldn't mess up and lose a game that you should have won. Mm -hmm. So like, and speaking of Upperman, that uh that they had what like four freshmen that played significant minutes for them all through their whole career. So, like, it, they definitely became tougher and tougher every year as they got, like, experience and stuff like that. But uh, they were a tough team. York was a, always just huge, strong, uh, very skilled. You know, they always had really good guards, big. That, uh, they were really good. But um, even Watertown, my uh, first couple of years, they were pretty good. I remember they had a couple of uh, juniors and seniors that were really good. But, uh yeah, it was it was a really tough district, especially those first couple of years. Mm -hmm. Did you have any matchups like or specific players that you loved going against? Yeah, I mean, of course, the Upperman games always had a, I guess, a chip on my shoulder going into those games. Mm -hmm. You know, play my best, but uh, and then um, I really liked the York matchups as well because they always had mm -hmm. two or three people that were just that could go and you know score at any moment. So. Those were a couple of the matchups that I really enjoyed. I'm curious if you had this same feeling about York because I've always wondered this about York. It just it's a, Jamestown is such a small town. I love going up there. No, no disrespect to any of that. I've always wondered where in the world they get all these kids that are six foot four, six foot five. Because I remember the first year that I was out here, their starting lineup I think was five guys that were six four and taller. And I'm just like, where do you find these kids? Was there ever a reaction from you where like? Every time you play York, it doesn't matter if they're good or bad. They always have a ton of size. 
Yeah, that's that's always something like right before we played them, we would I guess scout them a little bit, and it's always you know they're huge, they're huge. They'll they'll out rebound you, but you know uh, it was just something that you know you expected going into York that they were just going to be bigger than you. So, so let's talk about a little bit about travel ball then, because obviously you know I think between your junior and senior year. There was a lot out there on social media about you, about you really turning heads to some of these camps you went to. I can't remember the video. I think it was a video that was taken of you playing in Nashville. And you knocked down, like, back-to-back threes to win a game. I don't know if it was just a pickup game or, you know, you were dunking on guys. <laughs> like, there was a lot of wa- – you were making a lot of waves out there. Uh, talk about travel ball and, and what you would do in the offseason to kind of prepare yourself for the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, early on in my high school years, I would really just – uh, get into the gym as, as much as I could. Uh, even I would like ride my bike to like the gym sometimes when I couldn't get a ride and stuff like that. But as I as I like uh, progressed into my career, I always uh, I would go up to like Nashville or like Lebanon that area and I would train. I trained with uh, Malcolm Malcolm Manier. He's up there in Lebanon, and then I would go play uh, pickup. That's where that video was. It was filmed. It was a pickup game in Nashville. It was uh, it was a pro run with a bunch of like high-level college players, high-level. There was a couple NBA players, a couple G League players. And um, that really that really helped me develop my game to see, you know, like outside of other people. Mm. There was just insanely skilled people out there that, you know, I just had to catch up with. So, Do you think there's a big difference between travel ball and high school ball? Oh, yeah, especially especially in uh, the Upper Cumberland era, uh, area. Like, it is completely different. Like, I would have – there would be like a week transition that it would take me to like, because in in AAU it's it's all like ISO ball. You have to you know create your own shots because people are out there. I mean honestly, they're playing for themselves. Mm-hmm. So like it would uh, it would take me a while to transition from you know high school ball where you're just you're just trying to get a win however you can, mm-hmm. and then in AAU you're really, I mean of course you're trying to win. That looks a lot better for the coaches and stuff, but you're really just out there for yourself. So I mean. I think that's one thing that I got that I misunderstood about AAU when I played because hmm. I was really trying to win and stuff. And then other people were, you know, just out there for themselves. But. So with that being said, then I'm curious about your opinion on this. Do you think AAU ball is a necessity for someone to get to the collegiate level? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, unless you're like a, an insanely, mm-hmm. you know, athletic, you know, skilled person, then you probably don't need AAU. But I mean, I feel I, I feel like I found a pretty good team in, in Pro One Select and you know EAB. So it was uh, it was I had a really good experience in AU. So uh, but I mean, it's definitely I think it's a necessity, especially if you're you know somebody who lives in a smaller town who doesn't play you know the greatest competition in high school. So you have to show that you can put up those same numbers in uh, in an AAU setting against that kind of competition. So. So talking specifically about your game, uh, first of all, I have to ask, uh, what, what what part of your game do you think goes, or at least during high school and your time here in the Upper Cumberland, what part of your game do you think went kind of the most unrecognized or kind of the most underrated? Because for me, I would have said that as great a scorer as you were, and you were one heck of a scorer, I always thought you were a fantastic uh, playmaker for your teammates as well. You set your teammates up in several positions to make you know make plays of their own. What do you think, though? Yeah, I would I would definitely say my playmaking from uh, and especially in high school, it was just uh, I feel like you know it was sometimes we would struggle with people who uh, 
just didn't have the confidence, mm-hmm. the same confidence to, you know, score and take those buckets. But uh, I think my playmaking was, was definitely something that went uh, unrecognized. But, I mean, it's fine. I mean, it on, on, I'm, like, on paper, I probably didn't look like the, the best playmaker because I had to take some pretty tough shots, you mm-hmm. know. But, uh, yeah, I would say probably my playmaking right there. Mm-hmm. So when did you at Livingston, when did you kind of transition from being that new kid, you know, as a freshman, when did you first begin to transition into kind of being a leader on the team? Uh, I feel like I had to do it pretty early. Um, it was, of course, coming from a small town, people knew like who was, who was pretty good at basketball. So they knew who's going to be able to come in and, you know, impact the team. So I feel like when I first transition from being that new kid was probably we were in a Christmas tournament in Gatlinburg and I think it was my freshman year I ended up scoring like 30 something and I don't remember what it was but uh, I ended up doing pretty good that game so then I ended up being you know in the rotation quite a bit and then we ended up making it to the state semifinals I had a pretty good state state tournament run so I feel like that's when I really uh transitioned into like rolling into the next year and becoming a leader for the team. So when, when you were already that good at just such a young age, I, because I've talked to, you know, players like Grant Slatt and who dealt with this, uh, mm-hmm. Grant Strong at Clay County deals, deals with this now as talented as he is. Uh, when you would go to opposing gyms, what would it be like? What would it be like, you know, when, uh, you know, opposing student sections know who you are, mm-hmm. uh, the trash talking, the heckling, what would that be like? Yeah, I mean personally, I loved it. It just it just fed me honestly. But uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, it, I think it affected me a little bit my sophomore year, a little bit my freshman year too. But uh, of course, coming from grade school and you know you're just out there, just mm-hmm. having fun. But and then uh, it got really competitive, like going into your freshman and sophomore year. But uh, yeah, I'd say it really shell shocked me my first couple of years. But you know I. I really, you know, let it fuel me my last couple of years, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah. Did you ever give it back to them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have? Do you have a do you have a story? Because there's got to be as many, you know, courts, as many home courts there are. I mean, whether it was at Clay, at Pickett, at Upperman. Um, I remember your last game, your senior year, when uh, you guys made a run in the fourth quarter to really – get back into the game and you started kind of talking to the Upperman student section. We know what that's like. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you have any other stories though, or other student sections or any other games that are memorable because of you kind of going back and forth with them? Yeah. For some reason, uh, Warren County. Wow. Their, their student section, I guess <laughs> they just hated me for some reason. I don't know why, but. Uh, that's a random one too. That's yeah, It was so random. I didn't even expect it going up there. I didn't think anybody would know me down there. But, uh, yeah, like, when we were warming up, they were just talking to me the whole time. So, I think it was my sophomore year. I ended up, uh, like, after every bucket, like, I would just – in the first half, I think I ended up with, like, 20-something in the first half. So, I like, after every bucket, like, I would just stare them down. I mean, you could see (laughs) – it was the next day when we watched the film of it. It was hilarious. Like, everybody just pointed it out. I didn't even realize I was doing it, honestly. But, yeah. Warren County, that's just – Cause that's like what an hour and a half from yeah. Livingston. That's that's weird. Yeah, it was it was very unexpected. I figured it would be like Pickett as as heated as those games would get, or Clay's as heated, or Upperman. 
even even like I would have expected it more from a place like DeCab or something. Like that's that's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. So uh talk about Jimmy Miller then, because obviously, you know, you mentioned how much he would push you. What was it like playing for him as a coach? Obviously, uh, you know, most players that I've spoken to about him, they love playing for him because he's one of those that if you give your all for him, he's gonna give his all for you. Uh talk about playing for him. Absolutely. I mean, that last that last statement that you said, if you give your all to him, he'll give your all. He'll give his all to you. So, I mean, I really had a great experience with Jimmy. Uh, he coming in as a freshman, he could tell that you know I had I had control of like the skilled part of the game. It was really like the mental part that he saw that I really needed to improve on. So that's really what he honed in on as a as a coach to help me improve because he knew he knew like. My skill level was enough to get to the the next level, but you know, college is your mental your mental part of the game has to be like on on another level to be successful here. So, so let's talk about your senior year a little bit. Uh, obviously, the game that everybody really remembers you for is the Cumberland County game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to remember the correct amount of points that you had. Was it 59? Was that what you ended up with? Or uh, I think the final total was 52. 52. Okay. Well, it was in the fifties. God, I mean, uh, so in a game like that, uh, I have to ask, what, what does that feel like when, when, when you're in that kind of a zone, because not everybody just scores 50. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a difficult task to, to accomplish there. Uh, what's it like to be in that kind of a zone? Yeah, honestly, you, there's no other way to describe it than you just, you just black out. And you just it's all instincts. It's all instincts. You just you're just playing basketball. It's like honestly, it's everything that you've you've trained for all coming together, you know. And uh, the one thing that happens when you're, I guess, scoring 50 points is you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Like you're just you're just scoring. I somebody had to tell me that I was like I didn't even know that I was even close to breaking the record, mm-hmm. like in the game. But I I knew I'd scored a lot. But you know, you're not thinking about how many points you scored in the game. So. But it's like, is that was a winner go home game there? I mean, you're thinking about just winning. Right, right, yeah. And you're coming down the floor every time. And the thing is, I think that at some point, I think you know this as well, that at some point when teams played against y'all, they knew that you were going to be the one that could beat them. You were the one player that could beat them single-handedly. Right. You're coming down the floor each time in a game like that, and they're sending their best defenders at you. Yeah. I mean, that's not – what you did wasn't easy. I mean, I don't know if you realize how tough that was. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly sometimes it would be their best two to three defenders that <laughs> send at me. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a really good game. That was probably one of the most fun games I've ever I've ever played, honestly. Because that game went to overtime too, didn't it? Because I think you, you did, did you it was it you or someone had to make free throws I think to get it to overtime, didn't you? Or did you just make a shot? I couldn't remember specifically. I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> I think I hit a couple free throws, and then I'm I'm pretty sure they were the ones that sent it to overtime. I think we were up by three. Maybe might have been that to send it to overtime, but I couldn't tell you. I don't remember the game honestly. It might have been that then. I mean, I feel like that just goes to show just how tough the basketball talent is around the Upper Cumberland. When you know Cumberland County's got a good program. Obviously, we've talked about eight double A and how tough that is. Um, and then we've mentioned a couple one A real powers now around here in Clay and Pickett. Uh, do you think that the Upper Cumberland gets enough due credit for the basketball talent in this area? No, I don't think it gets near enough. I mean, we have 
we have so many great players, especially I think we have a lot of great girls basketball players mm -hmm. in that don't get enough you know, recognition. But uh, we have, I'd say like, I'd say probably we have like a few players who just don't like post our stuff on social media. So they mm -hmm. just get pushed under the rug and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, we don't get enough attention down there in the upper Cumberland. So. So I'm going to ask you this is probably this is the question I've been waiting to ask you and I don't want an honest answer here because I know you're a humble guy and I know that you're, you cared more about winning over this but I have to ask you know I'll tell you obviously what I think I think you can already figure out what I'm going to ask though or figure out how I'm going to answer this do you feel like you should have your senior year you do you feel like you should have been a Mr. Basketball finalist uh I mean the competitor inside of me wants to say yes but uh, the one thing that I think hindered me from getting that is obviously, you know, being from a small town, you know, in the Nashville people usually get like the, the recognition and stuff like that. But uh, I think if we would have won a couple more games that year, especially my junior year, I feel like I had a better junior season than I did senior season a little bit. I, I guess stats wise I did. But, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think I definitely should have been, you know, at least – you know, considered for it and that. But, uh, yeah, I would have liked to have been up there. Well, I will tell you, uh, you, ha you had the right answer when you said yes, and then your answer became wrong when you said but. And said, no, there was no but, like, especially for people that watched you. Uh, I thought that was a crime that you weren't a Mr. Basketball finalist because in every and, – and, again, you know, no disrespect to other players from the other areas. I mean, obviously, you know, they're talented. They're playing good competition just like you were. But I don't think I saw very many people that were averaging 25, 9, and 7 like you were. Yeah, and yeah. that, to me, shows a complete game. You shot the ball well. You were one of the best defenders on the floor each and every night. I don't know. Me, me personally, and it kind of goes back to the whole, did athletes in Upper Cumberland get the proper credit they deserve? I feel like yeah. the same thing could have been said last year also for Zach Aminette at Pickett because I thought he should have also been a finalist. Yeah. Um, but talk about – postseason time you know we knew how close eight double a was last year from you know the number two spot down to i think the number six spot i think they were only separated by i think like two games yeah, it yeah. was incredibly close yeah it was it, i mean it was like that every single year you know like even in my junior year we like smith county came alive mm -hmm. towards the end of the year and just absolutely turned into a different team but uh yeah my my last year it was it was super tough because every team had somebody who could you know take over a game mm -hmm. any second and you know uh it, you really had to just keep focus every second of the game or you know you were your season would be ended mm -hmm. so let's talk about your last game then as a as a wildcat that game at upperman because there were a lot of people from Upperman specifically that said, "Oh, this is a this is an easy win." They look only at the you know the records, like we're gonna you know we'll win by twenty and we'll you know get on to state. Uh, I I feel like I was one of the few that was like, mm, "It's postseason play. Let's see what happens before we say this is gonna be an easy win." Uh, you guys battled that entire game. You fell behind a little bit in the third, and then in the fourth, you guys went on a run. So yeah. I think I think you cut it down to maybe one or two possessions, and it was right. The game was right there with about I think about four minutes to go in the game. Uh, did you say anything, or did coach say anything, kind of in the huddle that just kind of got y'all fired up and got y'all you got y'all on that run to build some momentum? Yeah, he said a couple things. 
but you know obviously it was winter go home so like in your mind you knew you had to you know do something or your season was over but uh I think specifically in that game I remember it was uh I just got a dunk in that game and then the next possession with we come down and they throw it into rush I think and then we steal it but they called a foul and it was like I think it was a two I think it was a two-point game, but uh, we were about to go down and tie it up, but they called a foul. And I truly believe if we would have, you know, went down and scored on that transition possession, then I think that game was ours. But, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you guys battled, and I'm sure there was, there was you know, nothing to be ashamed of coming off the court, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that Jimmy pushed. You know, you can't be ashamed of how you played if you played your hardest, you know, every second of the game, so. So uh, beyond Livingston, let's talk about uh, the recruiting process for you. What was that like? I know I, we spoke to you a little bit between your, uh, you know, your junior and senior years, and you had a couple of schools you were kind of looking at. What was the recruiting process like, and how did you ultimately land at Lincoln Memorial? Yeah, I mean, it was – it really started at a pretty early, you know, age for me. It was – I started to get my first interest around, you know, the end of my freshman year after our state tournament run. But from then until when I uh, committed to Lincoln Memorial, I had, you know, several several great programs that uh, kept in contact with me. But towards the end of it, uh, I eventually chose on Lincoln Memorial because, you know, they were the best program that was talking to me. And uh, the rest that were talking to me, I just evaluated. And the thing that I valued the most was winning. Mm-hmm. And down here at Lincoln Memorial, like, that's all they know is just winning. Like they've won the conference, you know, nine out of the last 11 years. So really something that I emphasize in my recruiting process was winning. So that's why I chose. Wasn't too far from home either. Was that, was that part of the decision that you also were in a place where, you know, your family could come see you play your friends that maybe didn't go to school there could come see you play. Yeah, it, it was a little bit involved with it. Of course, you know, it was something that, was uh, a plus coming to an area to a school close to home but uh it wasn't you know like an end-all be-all thing that it had to be close to home for me mm-hmm. to go there it was really just you know the best program in my eyes that, for me so so since you've gotten there uh, uh what's the biggest difference between basketball at that level versus basketball at uh, the high school level yeah i mean i talked about basketball being 24 7 at high school but it is <laughs> It's a full-time job in college, isn't it? 28, 14. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> it feels like all you're doing is basketball school, basketball school. But, you know, I wouldn't really, I really wouldn't have it any other way. So, I really enjoy it. Well, you guys started your season, I know, uh, earlier this week, or uh, maybe it was late last week. I mean, at the end of the day, the, blur, the days all blur together when you're in the journalism field. Uh, yeah. But uh, – Talk about, you know, your expectations that you have for this team, uh, how, how good you think this year's team could be. And you've obviously gotten a chance to play a pretty big role as a freshman. Yeah, uh, I think we can, we can you know, continue that streak of, uh, you know, conference championships. But uh, we, we scrimmaged a couple uh, really good teams in the preseason, a couple of D1 teams, you know, won all of those. And, uh, I mean, really, like, I think we're the best shooting team in the country, so – if we're all going at the same time, then, you know, it's it's something pretty scary and tough to guard. So, so uh, away from the gym, what are you studying right now? Do you kind of know or have an idea of what it is, what kind of field you want to get into? Yeah, uh, right now it's biology. 
But, you know, wow. I'm, still, I'm still deciding right now. It's between biology and engineering that I'm trying to get into right now. So, so two smart people fields. Gotcha. Let me tell you, man, I chose journalism because I had to do one math. Yeah. And you're over here doing college basketball, and you've picked those, those two majors that you choose between. Uh, tell me, what's the interest in uh, both majors? Why biology and then why engineering? What's your interest in each of those? Yeah, uh, obviously biology. I'm the two the two subjects that uh, that I really enjoyed in school was you know science and math. So uh, you know that really just combines together in a pre med you know biology major. So uh, it was really just the and I really enjoy helping people. You know helping people out and you know there's nothing really more you can do than helping somebody out with like in the medical field. So. And then uh, engineering, it's just something that I've always been drawn to. You know, it takes a bunch of, you know, I really enjoy math uh, to like calculus, you know, stuff like that. I've always enjoyed it. So, and engineers use calculus, you know, every day when they're building stuff. And so it's just stuff that I've really looked into. Gotcha. So I end all I end all of these typically the same way, uh, and just I'll, I'll let you give some free game kind of to younger athletes out there. Uh, what what's a piece of advice you would give athletes today that you know that you were you used to be in their shoes, and you know that they they want to maybe get to the collegiate level, whatever sport they're playing, whether it be football, soccer, basketball, baseball, softball, what have you. What's some advice you would give them, and then what is also some advice that if you could go back in time that you would give your younger self. Um, some advice for younger athletes would be to, um, you know, always keep your intentions right when you're working. So like when you're in a gym and you're just in there because you have to be in there, or you're in there because, you know, you're just to say that you're in the gym. But if you're like intentions when you're working out aren't matching up with like your expectations, then you're really going to put yourself in a really bad place. But uh, that's really what I struggled with a little bit uh, going into my uh, freshman year was my expectations were I think they were lower than what my, you know, work ethic was. So I, they, I really had to match those two things up when, uh, you know, transitioning into high school and then and, uh, going into college, I, I feel like I did the same thing, but, you know, it's, it's really just your intentions being where they need to be to get yourself to like the correct level but and then something that I would tell my younger self would be to stop worrying about the smallest little things in life and in basketball you know I let sometimes I let the smallest things frustrate me but you know it's it's gonna be okay it's just it's just a game of uh so all right well I lied I have one more question uh what in the world is a rail splitter <laughs> no I have no idea, but I can look it up for you right now. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll uh, we, we can talk about that off here. I was just curious if you knew offhand what it was, but uh, Matthew, I appreciate you being on this episode, man. For real, uh, it's it's been it's been fun talking to you, and I can tell you, it was really fun to watch you play when you were in high school. So I'm thankful that I got that opportunity, even if it was only for two years. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the coverage that you, you did for the Upper Cumberland. Really the only the only media site that really covered us. So I really appreciate that. Well, that is Livingston Academy legend Matthew Sells.